0: Hello, you are listening to The Will and Judy Show, a special podcast from Temple Baptist Church in Canton, where we study and talk about the book of Revelation and Bible prophecy. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everybody. We are in chapter five of Revelation, the scroll and the lamb. We're going to be looking at that today. Just what? The importance of this and the questions that we have to ask from this <clears throat> say hello Judy hi <laughs> <laughs> and yeah Judy is with me in this and uh, so she usually has some good questions to ask when we, we go through this I'll go ahead and read I want to read verses 1 through 5 we're going to start off and I'm just going to I'll stop and now I'm going to explain a few things as we go along beginning at verse 1 then I saw on the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it, and one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Okay, so we'll stop right there. So here's some questions. So we big question is, um, if you look at the, at the right hand of him who's seated on the throne, you obviously know who that is, right? <laughs>
1: Jesus.
0: It's, it's actually Actually, it's God the Father. Okay, oh. we're going to say Jesus, oh. but we need to say God the Father okay. because you're going to see where Jesus plays in his role. And we have to remember that Jesus is not the Father, and the Father is not Jesus. They are God, right? But yeah. they are not the same. It's not <laughs> one one person, three distinct persons, but one essence. And that's the doctrine of the Trinity. And so, and so we see the Father, God the Father. he's seated on the uh, on the throne, and in his right hand is the scroll, and uh, and so they're looking, calling out, who is worthy to open the scroll, and so the question comes in, what is the scroll? And if you look in through the Bible, I think Ezekiel and other places, usually when you see a scroll, uh, it's usually God's written decree of what is going to happen, or His judgments, or His commands and here in this one this is the written decree what he is going to happen this judgment he's going to bring upon the earth okay and that's what the scroll is does that does that make sense to you uh,
1: yeah i was just going to go ahead no go ahead no it's okay i just always thought that jesus was always at the right hand of the father i you
0: know, he so, is not right now. But not right now. Okay. No, not at I this do? moment. Uh, I not know that. No, the right <laughs> hand of the father, his, his right hand is a scroll. So,
1: yeah.
0: OK, right. we have a tendency uh, when we talk about the Trinity, we do have the tendency to oversimplify it because it is a very complex doctrine. When they ironed it out, they saw that Jesus, Jesus is the son of God. The Bible says that right. Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus has to submit to the will of his father. father. So. So uh, And the Holy Spirit submits to the will of the Father, right? Mm-hmm. So you have, you have three distinct wills, right? Three distinct volitions. And, you know, uh, when a man and woman get married, what does it say about them? They become one, one. flesh, right? Mm-hmm. They're one mm-hmm. person. They're, one fle- they're not one person. <coughs> they're one flesh, yeah. right? Yeah. But they're d- two distinct people, mm-hmm. two different minds, two different wills. <laughs>
1: wow yeah that is true
0: i never really and marriage is an a marriage actually uh there's part of that that actually does illustrate the mystery of the godhead of, of god the father god the son god the holy spirit hmm. and a lot of people get they run into problems when they begin to uh um use these illustrations to try to illustrate the Trinity mm-hmm. help people understand like like water you know H ga, <laughs> gas solid liquid mm-hmm. or um you know like there's the other one where somebody says I'm a father I'm also a husband that's called modalism you know that all of these are her- heresies They're these these little explanations and the explanation is father son Holy Spirit right. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. how the yeah. Bible describes it okay. and anytime we try to simplify it we, we, uh, we get away from what the Bible actually says. And uh, so basically we do see here it's very, very clearly the Father is the one sitting, on, the God is sitting on the throne, God the Father. Mm-hmm. And then we're <coughs> going to see Jesus come <coughs> into play here pretty soon. And they're going to be mentioned distinctly from each other, uh, even though they are also mentioned in the same you know, God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the beginning and the end, who was and who is and is to come. Yeah. Well, that's, Jesus says that too about himself. Oh,
1: that's right. <laughs> I am he
0: who, who was, who is dead and now I am alive forevermore. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are things that is very distinct for Jesus, but also the same for God. So um, if you're confused... Well, welcome to the club. God is <laughs> God is complicated. He's not he's not something and that's why and that's why in the early church they decided to define the Trinity like that. Because it is confusing. And they say, well, we don't want to solve the mystery. We want to make sure that we we don't do damage to what the Bible actually teaches us and try to simplify it in such a way that makes it where it's not. You know, so so here in Revelation we, we clearly do see that the, the distinct between between the Father and the Son. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, so we see that there. <coughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Did I read? That? Okay. No, so fine. we have the scroll. The scroll is the uh, is the, the decree, the plan of God at the end of the age, the, the uh, judgment of God upon the earth. And this is interesting. It's interesting because I, I brought a chapter from the book of Enoch. And this is why. Because Enoch, he writes about this judgment that's going to take a place upon the earth. And some people think, well, people, a lot of people say, well, this wasn't really Enoch. It wasn't authentic and all this kind of thing. That doesn't matter because, because the New Testament writers were very familiar with the book of Enoch. Okay. Even okay. so much so that Jude quotes from yeah, it. Ju- yeah. Yeah. See, so, so I mean, and when Jude quotes from it, he didn't, he, you know, he quoted from it, uh, assuming that the people who, who was reading his letter knew about the book of Enoch. Okay, so it was a it was a book that people were familiar with. Okay, Okay. whether it was scripture or not, that's that's a whole nother debate. But but uh, in their mindset, what it does, it reveals in their mindset, they were they were thinking about these things. So so I'm going to read the first chapter in the book of Enoch. And that way you can kind of see when he talks about if this is authentic. If Enoch, in fact, wrote this, which I, I think he did. I think this is a writing from the actual Enoch. Enoch was the seventh from Adam, okay? So he's at the very beginning. So he's prophesying about something that's going to happen beyond us. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so from the very beginning of time, from the beginning, close to the beginning of time, uh, we have a man by the name of Enoch with his prophecy that prophesies about Judgment Day, okay? About the judgment, the coming judgment. And, uh, and that's even before the, the flood, before anything. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to read this and, uh, and just kind of show you some things. I'll give you a sense of how, what those New Testament writers would have read, would have been familiar with them. You know, Peter, James, John, all these guys would have been familiar with this. Um, okay, so let me read this. Uh, the words of the blessing of Enoch, wherewith he blessed the elect and righteous, who will be living in the days of tribulation, when all the wicked and godless are to be removed. And Enoch, a righteous man whose eyes were opened by God, took up his, this, his parable and said, I saw the vision of the Holy One in the heavens, which the angels showed me, and from them I heard everything, and from them I understood as I saw, but not for this generation, but for a remote one, which is for to come. It's interesting, isn't it? Wow. Concerning the elect, I said, and took up a t- my parable concerning them, the Holy Great One will come forth from his dwelling. And the eternal God will tread upon the earth, even on Mount Sinai, and will appear in the strength of his might from the heaven of heavens. And all shall be smitten with fear, and the watchers shall quake. The watchers of these angels. And great fear and trembling shall seize them unto the ends of the earth. And the high mountains shall be shaken, and the high hills shall be made low, and shall melt like wax before the flame. And the earth shall be wholly rent and sunder, and all that is upon the earth shall Perish, and there shall be a judgment upon all. But with the righteous he will make peace, and will protect the elect, and mercy shall be upon them, and they shall all belong to God. They shall be prospered, and they shall all be blessed, and he will help them all, and light shall appear unto them, and he will make peace with them. And behold, he cometh with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to destroy all the ungodly, and to convict all flesh of all the works of their ungodliness, which ye have ungodly committed, and of all the hard things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him.
1: That's in Jude.
0: Yeah, that's the part in well, Jude. Well, that's scripture. Yeah, that's scripture. That he's, <coughs> Jude is quoting from the book of Enoch. Wow. Yeah, and, uh, and that would have been... Uh, that chapter definitely, he would have been had that in his mind about the coming judgment, about now, God bringing judgment. Yeah, you know?
1: this is like during the tribulation, this will happen. He, he's, right?
0: He's talking about the day. He's <laughs> he, and you ca- caught that, didn't you? He talked yeah. about the days of tribulation, wow. right? <laughs> I mean, so this is this is something that's not new. This is not new stuff brought upon the early church. This isn't a figment of Hal Lindsey's imagination or or you know the late date, the great late the late great planet earth or or this is stuff that's been uh the jews were familiar with and even the uh, early church was familiar with at least we know during the time of jesus okay Mm -hmm. so about (coughs) even his coming the holy one coming back to earth i mean they didn't even have G- i mean these people wouldn't have known Jesus now the church would have knew who this was talking about the holy
1: one is yeah. jesus right yeah the holy oh, okay. one is jesus okay. yeah okay. the great
0: one will come forth from yeah, his okay. dwelling you know <laughs> yeah. so we're seeing that <laughs>
1: from heaven right from heaven wow
0: yes and, and so and so um so i bring this i bring this about so that people know it, it's in the mindset of people that God had a plan for the last days for for the end time and this scroll that's in the right hand of the father is that end time thing for the last day scroll Okay, it's oh. the decree. In fact, we see in Ezekiel, it talks about a scroll that is full of lamentations, woe, and all that oh, kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So yeah. this,
0: this ties to into that very thing, is what God has <laughs> written for this time. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's at the right hand of the Father. Um, and and, uh, and it's, it's a common thing, too, in those days to have a scroll. When we think of a scroll, we do think of it around. Uh, piece of paper that's rolled up right and then and it has these seals they will seal it with the wax seal with a signet ring and um, and it can only be opened by the one to whom it's authorized to be opened by so so no one can peek in and look at it okay so it's not going to be open until it's until the one who's authorized can open it. And Jesus is the one, obviously. It's gonna he's going to open it. He's yeah. going to be the one that's open. He's going to be open. <laughs> now, it asks a question. Okay, so it's written within and on the back at the right hand of the Father. And then there's this question of who is worthy. To me, the most interesting thing in this is um, where is Jesus?
1: <laughs> oh. I mean, it asks this question.
0: Doesn't John know the answer? John knows the answer, right? I mean, yeah. what, what can you say? Well, he mm-hmm. raised his hand and say, hey. I know <laughs> I know yep, someone yeah. who's worthy yeah. <laughs> some scholars believe and I believe this too this scene is taken in the past just a little bit at the moment when Jesus ascends to the Father and offers his blood and you know in, in the heavenly temple right Oh I mean, okay. I, and I'll show you why why here pretty soon but okay. this is that moment <laughs> I want to go. I haven't read anything yet. Oh. I, I, the rest of it reads, tells you why. But but John is weeping, you know, because um, because there's no one in heaven and earth found worthy to open it. So that tells you that something's going on. This is this has to have been before uh, Jesus had done what he did, right? Because but otherwise John would say, "I know, I know someone." Before he did, it must be. I think it's in the moment that. Jesus ascends to the Father. It's in that right just moment, just like a second before that happens, because he says in verse five, uh, he says, Don't weep weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. He can open the scroll and his seven seals. So it's just like he just conquered. Now, there are three things that you have to have in order to be the king, okay, in, in Israel. There's the first thing that has to happen is you're, you're going to be designated or anointed to be the king, right? So somebody <coughs> anoints you with oil. Mm-hmm. The second thing that has to happen is you have to prove yourself by some heroic act. And we see that David does all this, David himself. And the third one, the candidate is then exalted to the throne. And what we see, Jesus, when he was on his earth, he was anointed. Do you remember when he was anointed? Can you guess what what event in his life caused him to be anointed? And I'll say this, and you probably never thought of this uh, before. I don't know. Um, do you remember when he was baptized by John?
1: Yeah, was that when? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there was three
0: things. Uh, There's there actually a couple of things that happened. And this is how they anointed kings and priest kings, actually. Priests would be anointed this way, too. They would give them. A, they would have to give a bath. They would, be, they would be baptized, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they would anoint them with oil over their head, right?
1: Okay,
0: and so Jesus was baptized. He had done those two things. I mean, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit when okay. he was baptized. Yeah. Okay? okay. So that was, the, that was the day he was anointed Christ. The oh. Christ or mess, Messiah means anointed one. So he was anointed, he was uh, nominated, designated by God to be his king. That designation, God says, this is my son with whom I am well I'm pleased, pleased, right? Yeah. All right, okay. so in that moment. And so the rest of the time, those three years, Jesus lived his life. And when he died on the cross and he was buried and he rose again, that was his, that was his heroic act proved. I mean, oh, okay. you know, that's his, he's... um his name is to be exalted above every name because he did this he obeyed his father so that's the heroic act so that's why so he can open the scroll so when Jesus died and he rose again from the dead he conquered death so that's why it's like in that moment because at first they couldn't they couldn't find anybody then all of a sudden now they found him now the third thing that has to, is yet to happen is he's going to be exalted to the throne you know the oh. kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our oh, kingdom yeah. of our Lord he's yeah. So I believe wow. this this scene is like right at that moment. And John is seeing this at the moment when Jesus comes in. He offers himself as the heroic conqueror. The Messiah would come through the tribe of Judah, right? That tribe and uh, the root of David, that's the kingly line, the tribe of Judah, the root of David. So it's been prophesied. And so he's the king uh, that's going to come, right? I did not know that wow
1: yeah (laughs) I never heard that before you know
0: okay so now we talk about this okay about the the lion right and we we talk about he's worthy he's the lion of the tribe of Judah now we're gonna read the next few verses there and I I want you to notice something Uh, we're still looking at him as being worthy but I want to read the next few verses verse verse 6 through 10 It says, And between the throne and the four living creatures, and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain, with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty four elders fell down before the lamb
1: So that's, that's Jesus. So that's where Jesus was. Um. Absolutely, yes.
0: He's the one that was slain. He, he yep. is standing there in heaven, was standing there at that moment, bloodied up, okay, slain. Yeah. If you remember when he yeah. went to the upper room with his disciples, he still had the marks in his hands, the scar oh, that's right. on his side. Yeah. And I believe for all of eternity, <laughs> Jesus is bearing the marks on his hands and sides, um, his love for his people.
1: You know what I heard a I heard um, um, an evangelist say, and I don't know if this is true, but he said that <clears throat> he believed that you know the you know like the marks in his hand and you know they they would it would always be like fresh blood or something you know like it oh, yeah. wouldn't I, just be marks you know it would be I know it says what does it say the nails the
0: nail scars. Yeah. I don't know. Scars, I mean, yeah, I, don't I mean, that's possible. That's <coughs> yeah, possible. But yeah. I think you're reading, I think you'd be reading more into it. Oh than
1: yeah. The, maybe.
0: Yeah. We will be able yeah. to see it, you know, in, in his hands. And so he'll be the only being in the new heaven, and new earth that will have scars yeah. of wounds, mm-hmm. you know, bearing, bearing on himself. But his
1: wounds would always be fresh. That's yeah. what he said. Like and the blood would not be dried up, but I don't know. You know, you know how you, you just. I don't and know. it's
0: interesting because it between the throne and the four living <laughs> creatures among the elders, okay, he's positioned there in the temple. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. where the you know the the cherubim and the ark of the of, of the covenant. You know those are the four living creatures, the, the cherubim, and in between that, you you be, be below that you would have the mercy seat, and where the blood of Christ, the blood would be put on that mercy seat yeah. so that god is above the ark of the covenant right and he right. has to look through the mercy the blood in the mercy seat wow. and if you remember what's in the ark of the Co- what's in the ark of the covenant is the ten, the, the ten commandments that have been broken the broken tablets are placed oh, in there. the broken, broken law and then you oh. also have the uh aaron's rod right yeah, that budded yeah. mm. it was a proof that That the Israelites had rejected the leader. Um, you remember they had to do that to prove who was the rightful priest, right? These all pointed to to the Israelites' sin and failures. But God is looking through his blood to see those failures, and and that blood makes it makes it acceptable, okay? So that God can shine his glory. And so here we're seeing Jesus is being offered as the the slain lamb right there. in the actual temple itself wow. okay oh
1: so this is when they're in the temple yeah they're in the oh, temple they're they're,
0: in the this temple. is the temple yeah okay. i'm glad you asked that because <laughs> um uh, a lot of people I and mean, because it doesn't say it doesn't say we don't realize this what what's going on this is the temple we're in the holy of holies here oh. um the actual temple not you know not the the, the one in heaven okay yeah um, all right, so we have that. Jesus' is lamb, he says he's slain, seven <laughs> horns. Horn, it represents power. Oh, okay. Okay, so seven is the number of completeness, complete yeah. power, right? He mm-hmm. has seven horns. <clears> eyes, <throat> seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into the earth. So Jesus knows everything, seen everything, because the Holy Spirit, that's the number of completeness, again, is the Holy Spirit throughout the whole earth. That's also connected to with the seven flames, right? The seven torches in the in the present in this in the throne of God, right? And uh, so, so it's the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in through the church. Okay. Okay. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> did, did I confuse you? Yeah.
1: Is it the lamps? No, the would you say the torches? Torches,
0: the flames. You remember in uh, chapter yes. four?
1: Yeah, I can't remember.
0: before the throne of God, it says that there are. In chapter 4, verse 6, From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. Oh, oh. Okay, so you okay. see that again. Now, this, the spirit of God lives inside the church. He's in the body of Christ, the God's people. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why they're describing him as eyes here specifically is because in the church during the church age, Jesus sees and He knows all the trouble and the persecution that's been given to the church. Oh because what God. we're what we're getting, ready, God is getting ready to bring judgment upon yeah. the earth for yeah. its crimes <clears throat> against the, the the persecution of His church. And so you have the seven eyes. And remember uh, when when uh, Jesus confronted the Apostle Paul as He was going on the road to Ma- to Damascus. He told Paul, why are, why are you persecuting me, mm-hmm. you know? He's, well, he's, as he's persecuting the church, he's actually persecuting Christ. Jesus. oh, okay. Yeah, so I yeah. mean, so Jesus very much knows uh, the troubles of the church that, that they're experiencing at the hand, the persecution at the hands of the, uh, the people who hate him, you know, so. Wow. If they hate you, know that it hates me. Mm-hmm. So the seven spirits of God mm-hmm. sent out to all the earth and he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was on a seat on the throne. We had taken the scroll, then all of a sudden you have this chorus of worship.
1: Wow, I just can't. Oh, I want to go there so I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. You'll be there. oh, my goodness. You'll hear it. You'll be part I know. of it. Oh, it would be wonderful. <laughs> I just can't
0: yeah. imagine. Um, <coughs> yeah. So, so uh, yeah, it starts with the four living creatures, and then goes to the 24 elders. And then the 24 elders, they fall down before, before the Lamb, they have a harp and golden bowls full of incense. I guess where that's where people get the idea we're going to be strumming harps on a cloud somewhere. I guess. Yes. But they're uh, but they're worshiping God with these harps, the golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. All right. So the incense, of course, we you know what incense is? It's kind of like a it's a smelly thing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I know. You burn it and it, there's there's, <laughs> yeah. there's smoke and you can smell. It's an aroma. And so the incense is the prayers of the saints. And the prayers of the saints at that time were praying to God, avenge our avenge us. Oh, okay. So this is what this this is the this is the prayers being offered to God. Avenge us of the, the blood that was shed on the oh, earth. God. Our oh, blood. Okay. Jesus was the first martyr. Jesus is the faithful martyr, right? He's the mm-hmm. faithful mm-hmm. witness. <clears throat> and so he died. And so he very much knows this. And then we're having the prayers that are sending. Even in the worship, Jesus is now going to rule. He dies. He's going to rule. And now they're praying, there's prayers being offered to God. And in this moment, they sang a new song. Worthy are you to take the scroll, open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood, you transformed, you ransomed people for God. Every tribe, language, people, and nation. You've made them a kingdom and priest to our God, for they shall reign on the earth. So you see the, um, it's just had to have happened that Jesus rose from the dead. Because mm-hmm. it says, you had, this is a new song. You had just ransomed oh, people oh, I see. from okay. every tribe, nation, and tongue. And it oh. says, and they shall reign on the earth. This is something that persecuted church would see. We're going to reign on the earth, even though the, the earth destroyed us, you know.
1: I don't know. I'm trying to put all this together. So this, I can see how this would happen like, you know, right after his, his resurrection, you know, like when he got the victory over death and sin, but, you know, um, but it's, it kind of, does it fit there? I mean, I don't know. I can't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I, th- I
0: think I know what you're saying because, because normally when we think about this, Revelation, yeah, we think of this as the things which shall be hereafter, after, yeah. which is after the church yeah, age, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but right there's, there. There's a lot of things throughout the book of Revelation that takes you before.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, even in the, I mean, you don't even go into the battle of, uh, between. The woman, yeah, the woman and the dragon. And so that goes in before even that time. So so there's a lot of expla- ex- oh, explanatory right. passages. And this would be a passage that kind of explains some things, which, dip, which means it dips back into the past a little bit mm-hmm. to explain why Jesus is worthy to break the seals on the scroll.
1: Because he conquered death. Yeah, he right. conquered death, and, and, and he died,
0: and he yeah, he, got, he and died. Yeah. He gave his life. He sacrificed himself. Right, his life.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, his
0: blood. Yeah, was yeah. shed. Yeah, he did the heroic <laughs> deed. <laughs>
1: yeah. I got so many questions, and I'm going to get off the subject. You know, oh. So. Yeah. So don't. Yeah.
0: Well, let me. Uh, well, yeah, basically, so the ahead. rest of it is just following suit. So you started with the four living creatures, and then the twenty-four elders that begin to worship God. And then he said in verse eleven, "Then I looked and heard around the throne." And the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor, and glory, and blessing. Amen. Yeah. It's the angels, all the rest of the angels. Can you imagine how that's going to sound? It's going to be loud. Oh,
1: I know. It'll be.
0: And he continues in verse 13, I heard every creature in heaven and earth, and under the earth, and in the sea, and all that's in them, saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing, and honor, and glory, and might forever and Ever. ever. Now, this is the creatures. Yeah. this is the animals <laughs> yeah
1: though yeah uh, or yeah.
0: even people too but animals too i mean all the creatures uh, they have a they yeah. are worshiping god their creator and the four living creatures said amen amen means remember so let be it be, s- let, it, yeah, be let so. it be so yeah. and the elders fell down and worshiped so they're just continually they're here they're worshiping god and jesus is the centerpiece all right, so we made it through chapter five. Did you, what was the, what were well, some of the questions you, know you wanted when, me to come back well, to?
1: You know when we were talking, you were talking about, you know, the mercy seat. You know, it's above. God is above the mercy seat and the blood. You yeah. know the, he has to. Oh, put the blood on the mercy seat. Okay, I do have a question. I think it's Matthew. Well, I'm not sure. You know, after Jesus rose, I heard, and I don't know if this is right. That he had to take the blood back to heaven and put it on the mercy seat? Is that right?
0: That's the scene we're seeing here in chapter 5. Okay, that's what... Yes. Wow. That's what he's doing. He's, he's putting the blood on the actual mercy seat in heaven. So, and so in all of heaven, this, you know, this would have been a humongous event, right?
1: Yes. And that's
0: what we're seeing. All of heaven is rejoicing.
1: So it happened after... Yes. After his resurrection. This yeah. all this is where this fits either, in. Either
0: either after his resurrection or shortly before it, you know. How could it, somewhere at that time? It was, it was I mean I mean he he did go and and put his blood on the altar, you know. But
1: how could it how could it be before though? I mean before
0: well, the resurrection
1: yeah
0: <laughs> it could be it could have been shortly after yeah i don't know, you know?
1: I, I don't know i just i you know that some people
0: think it's that day ascension when he ascended yeah. into heaven
1: well you know that chapter in matthew it's chapter 27 where you know the saints the the, the, the saints that slept arose you know and yeah. after mm-hmm. his resurrection and is that so he could take them back to heaven and yeah, they, that's what I'm... They were wandering
0: I'm, around till after his ascension. I
1: guess, yeah, I guess, yeah, it was after. Yeah, I think after. it's the
0: ascension, not the it, resurrection, but the ascension, oh, oh, right? Oh, because
1: it says after his resurrection.
0: Does it say resurrection? Well, it doesn't. Well, it might be. It might be because I might be getting it mixed up, okay? No, it's... A, you said Matthew 27? Yeah, I'm
1: looking
0: that up. yeah. Yeah, it says the, uh, the tombs. Also were open and many bodies of the saints who fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went, okay, they came out of the tombs after his resurrection into the holy city and appeared to many. So they didn't go and appear to many until after After his his resurrection. resurrection. So, but, um, but the tombs were opened and they the Many of the bodies that fall asleep were raised coming out of the t- and they came out of the tombs after the resurrection right and they okay so that's three days later after yeah, he, after yeah. he died, but it yeah. was at the moment he died at the earthquake that the tombs were broken open, and then they they came awake came out of the tombs after the resurrection
1: oh yeah. okay, so they were still in the in yeah the they tombs? must have hung
0: in their under their tombs for a oh, while after wow. till after yeah. he raised. So,
1: yeah. but when he ascended, well, that's in Acts, you know, where it talks about, you know, in Acts. That's in true. Yeah, Ascension is so, like
0: 50 day, 40 yeah, days, 40 days right. after. Yeah, so that's so, quite a ways after. Yeah. So, so is when, that when he
1: took the blood?
0: It, it would have been in that time. I'm not sure. No, yeah. uh, I'm not sure exactly which time it would have been. But mm-hmm. we do know that he went into the, uh, in, according to the book of Hebrews, he actually goes into the holy place, the actual heaven itself. And puts his blood there in the altar, you wow. know, yeah. so, I mean, and and I believe that in Revelation chapter five, this is the scene where this happens. Okay. Wow. I
1: never, I yeah. never knew that. That's really yeah.
0: So, I mean, and so heaven would have been ecstatic. I mean, wow. it would have been, the angels <laughs> yeah. would have been, yeah. Yeah. you know, so.
1: Oh, I just can't imagine
0: what. Oh. That would have been yeah. quite a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is the scroll of the lamp. Next time we're going to talk about. Yeah, before we get into chapter six, I want to do a segment oh, on Daniel's seventieth week. Okay. And we're going to do that next next time, okay. and then and then we get into chapter six. I'm, I will start making references to Daniel's seventieth week. I might do I might do some more explanation of it uh, to show you how it how extremely important Daniel's seventieth week is to the to the reading of Revelation. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wow, well, that was good. All right. Well, thank you. Oh. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, Judy, you signing off. Say goodbye. Yes, goodbye. For her. <laughs> all <Yes>. right. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Bye. Well, thank you for listening. Let us know if you have any questions you would like for us to explore further in future episodes. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye.